This episode of Keep Calm and Jiu-Jitsu is brought to you by Ruck Up Wrestling Academy. For more info, reach out to Coach Tony Messina at 248-660-6055. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens out there in the Gracie-verse. This is Coach Rick with Gracie Baja Hannibal. Today I'm going to be sitting down with Coach Tony Messina. He is a coach here at Gracie Baja Hannibal. He's also the head instructor for Ruck Up Wrestling Academy. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about some differences between jiu-jitsu and wrestling and maybe some other combat sports with a lot of fun along the way. Thanks for joining me today. All right. Welcome, Coach Tony, to the table. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good. How are you doing, Coach? I'm, I'm doing great. Good, good. Um, let's go ahead and just get started. Uh, how old are you and where are you from? All right. So that's kind of that's, that's a story. I'm 45. Uh, I was born in 1974. That sounds forever ago. Um, but uh, so I'm originally from Ohio, born and raised. Um, but then I joined the army uh, shortly after high school. Um, so joined his infantry, and then I went to Fort Benning, Georgia, and I was there for about eight months. Uh, then I went to my first duty station was Fort Hood, Texas, and I was there for two years. And then uh, loved being a part of the army, so I re-enlisted. Um, and then I went to Germany, and I was in Germany for five years uh, in Baumholder. Germany. Um, let's see. So after Germany, that's that's kind of where my army wrestling career really kicked off, and I went back to Fort Carson, Colorado, as part of the WCAP, the World Class Athlete Program. Um, and I was in Colorado for two years, and then uh, um, after that, uh, let's see. So then it was Michigan for nine years, um, then Utah for three years, and then I finished up in Kentucky yep and now we're back and now I'm in Missouri so <laughs> I, I think I met you was like a month after you moved back to the area I'm not even sure it was that long no. um, it was pretty quick because I know when I first walked in the doors I think it was you and Michael probably were the two that were in here <laughs> yeah so uh, do you have a wife any kids I do uh, what brought me to Missouri my wife uh, Jolene she's from here originally um, she was in the army too for a long time and she got out to pursue a nursing career, which that's what she's doing now, doing it here. Um, so, uh, uh, there's, so I've been divorced. That's not a secret. I have six kids and people always look at me like I'm crazy, but I do. Um, you've met most of the guys, most people here at GB have met my kids. Um, Anthony trained here for a bit. He trains with 10th Planet now. He went back to Ohio. He's 27. Um, his brother, the next one down is Zach. He trained here for a bit too. Um, he's 24. Then there's Josh, who's 23. And then Sarah is uh, my daughter. She's 19, or er, scratch it, 21. And then Nathan and Jalen, 16 and 11. So um, you have you have a wide selection to choose from. What are, <laughs> what, what, what's a personality trait that you've inherited from the wife or from each one of the kids? Oh gosh. Okay. So, you know, I'll tell you what, Jolene, um, really settled me down. Um, I was pretty, pretty wild, um, uh, coming up and, and, uh, well, I was disciplined in a lot of ways. There was a lot of areas where I lacked that discipline and she kind of brought that to me. So, uh, she made me disciplined in ways that I wasn't before. And then with my kids, it really, um, I would say, I don't know if it's inheritance or just, um, helped me establish a wisdom 
um, with, with the kids and, and looking back at the things I did. And you can, you can look back before you have kids and go, man, that was stupid. But then when you have kids and you look back at what some of the things you did, you're like, oh my gosh, if one of these guys did something like that, not only would I probably beat them with an inch into their life, it's just scary to think about what I did and what they do. So I'd, I'd say from them, whether I inherited or developed it because of them, it's just a wisdom. When uh, the earlier question, when you were moving around a lot, which spot was your favorite? Did you enjoy Germany most, oh my gosh. Colorado? Yeah, so it, it's kind of, so Utah has probably, hands down, if, if you ask my family, that's been the favorite place that we've lived. Um, but the experiences I picked up in Germany just with wrestling, and then we had a lot of, you know, I deployed a lot. Um, it was infantry for a long time. Um, so just the experiences and the people I met when I was in, in Baumholder, um, I mean, I'm still lifelong friends with. My coach, it was, uh, he's retired now, but he was Sergeant Major Gunther. He was our coach in Germany. He was great. Don Flights, uh, EA Woody, all great guys that I still talk to. And then, um, you know, every now and then, and then there's, you know, just so many guys, Adam Bender, and I, I could go on forever. That group of folks is probably the core friends that I maintained. Um, and I think I left Germany in like 2000. So, so you mentioned a coach in Germany. Mm-hmm. You were training wrestling in Germany? Yes. How is there a different approach in a European style of wrestling versus the American folk style? Were you doing Greco or what? Well, it was freestyle. Freestyle, freestyle and Greco. And, and a big reason I went there, I had tried out for the uh, WCAP team um, while I was in Texas. And I did okay. You know, I held my own. But all in all, I got just the floor wiped. And I had never really wrestled freestyle or Greco. Mm-hmm. Um kind of naive coming up through wrestling. So I was just like, hey, you know, I know I'm pretty good. I can hang. I was wrong. And uh, um, so when I, Coach Lewis was the coach at the time uh, for, for the WCAP team, and he was um, for a long time. I, and uh, he, he said, hey, you need to learn freestyle. You need to get better better at that. So I ended up re-enlisting to go to Germany specifically um, so I could train freestyle, kind of where that's all they do, freestyle and Greco. Um, folk style over there they don't nobody does it outside of the u.s so so it was a crash course um where basically you know five to six hours a day that's all i did that sounds that sounds pretty great (laughs) it was uh it was awesome but um so when i was over there it was a little different because i didn't go there the army didn't send me there to wrestle the army sent me there to go be an infantryman Mm -hmm. um so it was kind of like you do your it's like going to college almost as a full-time employee i do my duty day and then after work we go to practice and that's when we work out so you know my days would start at 6 30 in the morning with physical fitness and then do my have my duty day or training and maintenance or whatever we were doing and then 5 36 o'clock quick snack boom to the gym um for, for training and you know by the time I get home it's 9, 10, 11 o'clock mm-hmm. and just do it all again the next day. Solid 14 hour days. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned the, I, I have a background in folk style. Uh, just briefly, just because we might be talking some inside baseball here. What are the differences between like a folk, a freestyle, and a Greco style wrestling? If you can just do it in like a sentence. Uh, if I could do it in a sentence. Or, or two. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I would say obviously Greco is upper body. You can't attack the legs or use legs to defend. That's the biggest thing. It's a lot of throws. Takedowns are, are incorporated, but um, it's everything's gotta kinda be above the waist. Um, freestyle and folk style, actually, when you're on your feet, very, very similar. The rules are different. You get push outs and things like that in freestyle that you don't have in folk style. Um, you get points for that. 
um, but really it just comes down to, I would say, ingenuity. Because in freestyle, um, back exposure, if your back is exposed to the mat, whether it's for a half a second or 10 seconds, there's points there. Where in folk style, there's a count. Mm -hmm. And so you can get pretty, pretty creative in freestyle in your defense and in your offense. Where in folk style, even though it's that you're starting to see it more and more, especially in college, you, you hear terms like funk style and things like that, where people are getting way more creative and flexible and athletic. There's still that boundary of your back is exposed, but then a ref has to start a count, and it's a two count before anybody actually scores a point. And it might not sound like a long time, but two seconds is a long time. It's a miserable long time. <laughs> <laughs> So we're sitting here talking about wrestling. Uh, was that your first martial arts experience? Oh yeah, for sure. And, and how old were you when you started wrestling? Uh, so the very first time I uh, stepped into uh, the Licking Valley High School wrestling oh, room and cool. met my coach, who was not just my um, middle school and youth coach, I guess, when I started wrestling. He was my coach all through oh, high school. Cool. Um, would have been like 19, oh, I don't even know. 80-something, you know. Um, it's kind of funny how I started wrestling. I had no interest. I'd, baseball was my sport, baseball and football. And then I was staying over to Buddy's house, and uh, uh, Josh Schwartz and his dad looked at me and said, hey, I'm taking Josh wrestling practice to get in the truck. And that's how I started wrestling. <laughs> so I guess I'd have been 10, 10 or 11. 10. So you talk about baseball. Do you think baseball helped the wrestling? I mean, you were young. But... I mean, maybe. Um, I mean, I played baseball all the way up until high school, and then I kind of uh, let it go to, to, to pursue wrestling. Um, I let everything go to pursue wrestling. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, it did a little bit. Obviously, it's nowhere near as physical. Um, but the hand-eye coordination and just, I'd say, the discipline and focus that to be good at any sport you know, kind of helped prepare me. And wrestling, to me just was the next level to that. Two guys that have always given me a really hard time on the mat are, uh, I don't think you know Riley. I think Riley was at the old school and then Charles Rapp. Oh yeah. Big baseball background. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is about the base, the baseball background, but it just, it makes good grapplers for mm -hmm. some reason. And it might be the hand-eye coordination and, and the hips. They work their hips a lot. Yeah. A lot of hips and core work. Yeah, Charles real good with his hips. He's tough. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a beast. <laughs> Um, what other sports are you passionate about? Oh, pick one. Um, I mean, so I, I guess me personally, I, I love all sports. Um, I'm just super competitive. I, I've My wife and I have thrown Connect Four boards at each other before. So, I mean, it's in our household, everything is competitive. You know, everybody, like fishing, If I'm, it might not be a sport. I, I, even as a dedicated fisherman, I have a hard time calling it a sport. <laughs> Because most people just kick back with a beer and mm -hmm. and you know uh, go fishing, but not me. I'm, I, I even make that competitive. I do you know so everything. I don't care. Pick something. And I'm I'm passionate. If you can compete at it. So what? Let's say it's a random afternoon and you can watch any sport. What sport are you can turn on first? Yeah, wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah all the apps and I got all the accesses out there for Flow and. <laughs> Big Ten Net where I can watch wrestling 24-7. On a rainy Sunday, you're just going to sit down and watch some... Somebody's wrestling somewhere. Yep. So, so um, I think I was actually here for your first jiu-jitsu class. What were you... Can you? What can you tell me about your first jiu-jitsu class? What were you expecting? What was different? 
what did you like? What did you dislike about it? Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I, it was it was you, and I know I think Coach Michael was teaching the class that day, um, and it was just the uh, the people were great. Um, GB was not my first uh, exposure to jujitsu, mm -hmm. so I kind of knew what I was getting into, um, and and as most wrestlers did, I leaned heavily on my wrestling to survive. Um, the one thing I've I've developed, and even though. I guess mentally I knew it, uh, physically and, and the discipline of slowing down, uh, the tempo while not, uh, for, for wrestling and jiu-jitsu is completely different. And it's not a matter of one being more physical than the other, it's just it's an upbeat tempo where if you kind of take that tempo I've found, I've learned with jiu-jitsu, um, you can get caught <laughs> a lot quicker. But that first class, I think that's really what I have to, had to keep telling myself and just I mean, everybody was great, and it was just overall was awesome. That's why I'm still here, what, two years later now, I think. That was the next question. When yeah. did you start? Yeah, because uh, you got your blue belt almost a year ago, right? Uh, I don't even know. It's something um, like that. Some, yeah, I don't I don't really pay attention. I mean, um, I, you know, of course it's important. It's a goal. I wanna, mm -hmm. I'd like to get my black belt one day, but I don't really watch it because um, I don't want to rush it. Mm -hmm. I know maybe I got my blue belt a little quick um professor bo felt i was ready just because i'd had massive wrestling background and i'd had a few years of jiu-jitsu plus army combatives mm -hmm. which is um bait modern army combatives is based on uh, gracie jiu-jitsu so i had a lot of experience uh not a lot but i had enough experience mm -hmm. there where i wasn't brand new um but yeah i don't really yeah i guess it's been about a year yeah. well that and i you were going into a tournament and i just can't imagine <laughs> I can't imagine being like a two-stripe white belt going up against like a one-stripe white belt, but fun fact, he's got 34 years of wrestling. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, there, was, there was a piece of me that was, uh, of course I was super excited to get promoted, um, but I also was super excited to go to a tournament and <laughs> get some white belts. It, you know, there's always, there's, it, it wasn't the right thing to do, but it was going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And, and hey, that doesn't mean anything because I've been smashed by enough white belts to know you don't ever really know what you're, what you're getting into. Um, but it, you know, yeah, professor was like, I cannot send you. It was an in-house tournament. It's mm -hmm. a GB tournament. He's like, that's not happening, no. you know. Uh, so he's went ahead and promoted me like the day before the tournament. I was kind of, dang. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how I get that happened. Uh, so it would have been about last year was your first tournament. Can you tell me about that experience? How, how was that total experience for you? Uh, so uh, my first match, for it was only one guy in my bracket. Um, and I had to, to drop, I can't remember his age, it was definitely weight. But um, I dropped down a weight class. Um, and the guy was just, he was awesome. You know, he was like trying to wrestle a dreidel. Mm -hmm. um, I took him down, which that's kind of... I. I don't, there's not too many folks out there and it's not a bragging thing. It's just, I've been doing it a long time. Um, I don't get taken down very often. So, uh, my game plan is always get that first takedown. And, and I did. And then from there it went all bad. Um, he ended up, we did best out of three and, uh, I walked off after that first loss. The first match I lost, um, by submission. I was one of my points, but I lost by submission. And, uh, I mean, I walked off the mat with one. Humbled to exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, I don't remember moving fast, but I felt like I just wrestled a, a full six-minute match. Um, so then the second match I won, uh, we went to full, I think, five minutes or six minutes. I forget what it was for the age at that time. 
Um, I won, and then the third one he got me by submission again. But it was it was an eye opener. But it was fun. I had a great time. You don't realize how exhausting that five minutes can be. Like, because when we're here, we we go for ten minute rounds. It's not mm -hmm. a big deal. But then you get in competition, and it must be like the adrenaline dump. Like people around you, you don't know. It's a new person. But that five minutes feels like an oh, hour. It's forever. And, and it kind of comes back to what I said earlier. The tempo is different, but your muscles, you're constantly fighting, pushing, pulling something. So it's almost like if, if you're lifting weights or doing a push-up, stopping halfway and then just holding it there. Mm -hmm. You're not moving a lot, but it still burns and it's still exhausting. So that's kind of how when people ask me, oh, in jiu-jitsu, it doesn't look, you know, you're moving so slow. It doesn't look like much is happening. And that's kind of the analogy I'll give them. I'll say, just, just do a push-up. Go halfway down and stay there for five minutes. That's, yeah. Versus where wrestling, you do, you're constantly doing push-ups for five minutes. So. Now, you said the tempo is different. Is that because you have three rounds in a wrestling match? And so you're trying to get boom, boom, boom? Or because like with my wrestling, I think they were like two or three-minute rounds. Uh, yeah, so wrestling is, is three two-minute rounds, yeah. excluding overtime. Um, and, and there's no break in between rounds other than the, the 20 seconds it takes to reset. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not like they're you know taking a minute rest or anything in between. Um, but I, for me, I think it just comes to a matter of control. Even even no gi, and if you watch a no gi match, uh, the tempo can be a little faster. Mm -hmm. um, that gi will really slow things down um, because you have to worry about not only your grips but your opponent's grips and mm -hmm. position. And, um, so the, the gi slows it down. So do you, you do gi and no gi. I actually noticed you do mostly gi training. I do. Uh, is, that, is that for a reason or is that just what you have time for? It was by design for me. Um, so at first I was, and this goes all the way back. So I, my, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Now the very first exposure to jiu-jitsu was also in Germany. Um, there was a guy there named Daryl Jewell and, uh, he looked like your typical uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. He was from Brazil. Um, uh, he didn't train with Gracie. I don't remember where he trained. It wasn't Gracie, but but he said, hey, he wanted to work on takedowns. And he was like 6'2", 180 pounds, just shredded. Your typical just looked like a jiu-jitsu guy. And I didn't know that then, but I know it now. Mm -hmm. um, long legs, long arms. And it was kind of the same story then. I could take him down, and once we hit the mat, he'd just do all kinds of funky stuff to me. So that was kind of my first exposure, and I started kind of training that during the off-season. We had about two months, three months of, of downtime, um, and I would train with him and a guy named Tony, I can't remember his name, um, but it was more geared towards MMA. Now, Daryl was a straight jiu-jitsu guy, Tony was an MMA guy, so, it, but it was just three guys in the gym on a mat, you know, very little training, a lot of live. So that was kind of my first exposure. Um, but then I get back to, to the States. I went to the Army Combative School, which, um, uh, side note there, the way that school started was they sent two guys down to Brazil. They trained with the Gracies for like six years. Mm -hmm. Then they came back and established the modern Army Combatives program. If you ever look at the logo, it's the Gracie logo with two Army guys in the middle of it. It's, it's almost identical. Um, so did their level one, level two course, which is just straight, a little bit of punching, kicking, but mostly jujitsu. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of how that started with that. So we talked about your first jujitsu tournament. Uh, your tournament prep, how is it different going into a wrestling tournament 
versus a jiu-jitsu tournament, are they about the same, drastically different? You mentioned tempo. Are we doing more explosive stuff? Well, and that's where that's kind of where my learning curve is coming in right now. Um, so tournament, let me try it again. Tournament prep. Um, I know, you know, for me in wrestling, uh, tournament prep would start three, four months before a tournament, um, and then it would roll through the tournament season. So you have your your train up time, and then your competition training, which is still ramped up, but a little less different focus. And then you have your postseason training cycle. Um, for jiu-jitsu, I still, even though I'm not doing as many, I still try to do three or four tournaments a year. Um, and I'll still start training about three months out. I don't really cut weight. Um, just whatever falls off, falls off. And that's usually what I'll wrestle or fight. But my, my little pre, pre, like right before a match, um, is pretty much the same. I kind of zone out, jump rope, jumping jacks, push-ups. I like to have a, a sweat going when I step on the mat. Um, it helps calm my nerves, and even after all these years, I still get butterflies, you know, um, so it helps kind of bring that in, but um, the yeah, the train-up's obviously not as intense. I'm getting a little older. body can't hang that much anymore, but I'd say it's about the same. Same. So you, we, we started Gracie Baja two years ago. Uh, who wins in a fight between you and you two years ago? Oh, so me two years ago takes me down to the mat like I'm not even there. Um, I've had some other issues with my feet and shoulders in the past couple of years, but so yeah, that I didn't quite have when I first got here, but uh, takes me down. He was in better shape. Um, and then he quickly gets submitted. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Yeah. All right. So what is, you said your first class was with uh, me and Coach Michael. Yep. What's your first memory of Professor Bo? Um, you know, honestly, it, it was kind of like just hitting it off. Not in a, in a sense of just jiu-jitsu, but just like-mindedness as, as far as tasks and wrestling. We both share a passion for wrestling, so... Um, between meeting him and, you know, you and Michael and then Connor at the time, mm -hmm. um, I knew I was home. You know, as like-minded people, different backgrounds, but, um, you know, this the first time I met him. I just thought, hey, here's, here's the place I need to be. So uh, how do you – so, like, wrestlers don't have belts, but at this point you'd probably, you'd probably consider yourself a black belt. In, in wrestling, you would think, but I would I would I would say no. No. So as a as a brown belt in wrestling. All right, I'll go with that. How do you approach a new jujitsu technique? Is it the same way you approach a wrestling technique, or is it different? And how does it differ? Uh, that's a good question. And it used to be it used to be my mind was the same. Um, and in in one respect, it is one 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 fundamental process is repetition and drilling. Um, you know, I, I firmly believe as a, as a competitor and as a coach, if you tell me uh, you have to choose between live training and drilling, I'm going to want to choose the live training because it's way more fun, but you learn by drilling. And so other, that, that aspect is the same. Um, I would say the difference, though, the one thing I, I do now, just through a little bit more experience, um, that I didn't do one through wrestling is I really, when I'm, when I'm training a technique, I really think about my training partner. Um, so if I'm looking to, Hey, today is a day for me. And as a coach here at GB, there's certain days I come in and it's about the students 
And then there are certain days I come in and it's about me because I'm developing a technique, getting ready for a tournament, whatever. Um, on the days it's about me, I'm, I'm a little bit more selective on my partners because I want to learn and practice that technique. I don't want to teach it. So I guess that would be the, the big difference is partner selection. GB1 is for fun. GB2 is for Rick. Is that, yeah. how I do it. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> that's how I break it down. Um, what are the differences between wrestling and jujitsu? Hmm. Well, tempo, we talked about that a little bit. Mm. Um, but I, w I would just say, you know, other, other than the tempo, when you, when you talk about your wrestlers and you talk about your, your jiu-jitsu guy, as, as, as someone, um, and I know there's a lot of guys out there debate me on this, I, there's really, to me, not a lot of a difference. Um, the approach, there may be some, some nuances in, in approaches and techniques and things like that, but uh, the mold, the, the outline, the base, whatever you want to call it, um, they're really very similar. And you can quickly take a wrestler and teach him jujitsu most of the time. Obviously, there's always exceptions. Mm -hmm. And you can quickly take a jujitsu guy and teach them some wrestling. And if they have that experience, that mat time, um, they're going to pick up the other one pretty quick. Now, you teach wrestling and jujitsu. Mm -hmm. When you step on, do you switch hats out? Like, are you a different coach for wrestling than you are for jujitsu? Or how do you approach that aspect oh, of it? Absolutely. Um, so the guys and kids for Ruck Up are a very select group. I don't pick them, they, they choose themselves. Uh, my wrestling coaching style is uh, a lot more upbeat, um, not so much in personality as in just tempo. You know, we really push the pace with Ruck Up. Um, it's a lot more physical than your typical uh, Gracie, uh, than a jiu-jitsu class. Um, and that's by design, it's not, um, it's not the ones better than the other. It's just uh, the, the guys that come here to ruck up, our goal is competition. Mm -hmm. Where with uh, your typical jiu-jitsu classes, we have our competition classes, then we have our traditional classes. So uh, my hat does change. I try to keep the same attitude, same expectations, you know, just respect each other on a mat, sportsmanship, those kind of things. Um, but yeah, uh, the whistle, once the whistle goes around the neck, it's a different coach mm -hmm. that you'll see at ruck up. I, when I would when I would help out, I would notice that like the whistle, it kind of reverted me back to the wrestling room a little bit mm -hmm. more because like my, all my teaching experience comes from Gracie Baja, but when I put the whistle on, I get, it almost switches back and I'm trying to recreate the wrestling room that I yeah. was in, and that's not always good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely some takeaways. <laughs> I, I look back at my different wrestling rooms, and and there was definitely. Uh, I, I didn't recognize it then, and I would I would never like if someone said, "Could you go back and change something?" I absolutely would not. But there's definitely been some toxic moments, and mm -hmm. through high school and, and you know, a little bit of college, and in, in the army. Um, yeah, I will say one thing about the army: though. it was a team team thing. You know, as far as the WCAP, everybody worked together. But at the same time, it was your spot. I won't say your spot because it didn't quite work that way. But um, you know, if you weren't keeping up, then you, you went home, mm -hmm. so a little bit different mentality, but you know it was, it was all still there. Uh, what is the most cringeworthy offense you see on the mats? Oh gosh, um, you know for me honestly, <laughs> it, it's crying. I, I it, it drives me nuts, and it's I'm not even picking on the kids here. That's the crazy part, um, and, and maybe that's being that's the wrestling guy coming out of me, but it's just there's. 
it can be tough. It's hard. And there's, and, and there's different ty- types of crying. Now, mm-hmm. I, I've had kids, you know, I ref uh, jiu-jitsu sometimes and wrestling quite a bit. And I'll have kids go out there that are 12, 13 years old, and they're fighting their butts off the whole time, bawling the whole time. But they are giving it their all. I'm cool with that. Um, it's when the crying leads to quitting. That's I so I guess if I had to narrow it down, I'm kind of talking myself through this, but I guess it'd be quitting. I, I don't like I don't like to quit. Um, it hurts. It can stink. Uh, but in the end, you know, the effort is worth it. So when we're out here drilling, and somebody quits, you know, I just that makes me want to scream and shout. What advice do you wish you would have gotten your first day of jujitsu? Forget wrestling. That would have been the advice um, until, and that comes with an until, you learn to use it to complement jujitsu, and uh, that took a while. That took some beatings for that mm. to happen, um, and I got tired of winning by points and then being submitted. Mm-hmm. And that happened, you know, in training. That happened in tournaments, um, and I was like, I'm, I'm winning these matches why am I losing in the end and it's because when the chips were down I would wrestle mm-hmm. um, when it got tough instead of uh, applying jujitsu technique um, I would revert muscle memory instinct whatever you want to call it the wrestler came out of me and it would be a mad scramble sometimes I'd win that scramble sometimes I would lose more often than not I would get choked out so <laughs> uh, I would if I had someone to give me some advice it would have been like forget your wrestling for a little while so I, I used to train with a guy named Ian, and he kept getting my back and just getting me in a real naked choke, and I couldn't figure out how he was doing it. And then uh, I, I watched a tape of us rolling, and I kept bellying down. He'd be inside control, mm. and I'd belly down from wrestling, and he'd just step over and take my back and choke me. So as soon as I stopped, that was a really hard habit to break, though, yeah. is the belly down. Oh, I'm inside control. I'll belly down. I'll stand up. No, it didn't. It took several chokings for, yeah. for me. It took chokings and like watching a video to be like, that's how he's doing it. I'm I, doing it. I wish I could say it was only several for me. It was, <laughs> it was a process. I'm stubborn. Uh, how does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu differ from other martial arts? And you have a little bit of MMA background. You have a lot of wrestling background. How, how is BJJ different for you? Um, I, I, so I, it, it's kind of simple for me. Um, and I'll use, you know, I was in the army for 25 years. So when a lot of my experiences and examples, they may all, they're all going to come from training and things I did there. I'll, I'll never forget the very first day I was at Fort Benning and they had us in this old hangar across from uh, the jump towers. They have these two big jump towers in the middle of the field. People practice uh, for um, parachuting out of um, airborne. And then, uh, so we're across from this old hangar, or we're in this old hangar, and uh, the trainer stands up and said, we watched Boyce Gracie's first UFC match. That was his example of the little guy can win. And then he looked at, me, looked at us and he said, so if you hold up his finger and you put your, the, just the top last segment of your finger represents the amount of people in the world that know how to fight. And after two weeks of their course, half of that are the amount of people that you can probably beat in a fight. And the reason we say that is because uh, the Army used to use Aikido. 
And Aikido is a great martial art, but it can take a lifetime to master. So by the time you're like, hey, I'm, I'm awesome, I can handle myself, you're 90. <laughs> Where you give me somebody eight hours a day for two weeks, and they can walk out of there with enough jujitsu to feel confident that if they needed to defend themselves, they absolutely could. So for me, it just comes down to not that it's easier, but you can learn in the you can learn the basics and learn how to apply it much faster. Final question for you, Tony. In the current world, what does Gracie Baja mean to you personally? Oh, that's easy. Uh, it's just camaraderie. Um, one of the things for me uh, coming out of the army was you know 25 years of being a team, and no matter where we went, you always had that you know people. We moved around quite a bit. But at the same time, everybody did. So one of the things that you get really good at as a soldier is forming bonds with your team, with other soldiers. So when I got out, I didn't realize how much I missed that. So when I came in here and met everybody, and it was just like, this is where I get that from. So it's camaraderie for me. All right, everybody. Thank you, Coach Tony, for joining me today. I knew you were going to be a home run. Super interesting guy. Lived a lived a hundred lifetimes and I really appreciate Tony making time coming in today. I uh, want to thank you for making time and listening to the podcast. Last week was the most successful to date. I'm hoping that it just keeps rolling downhill. Um, again, everybody, thank you. Hopefully we're going to be training together very, very soon. Uh, you're not stuck at home. You're safe at home. Stay home, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon.